The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast Duo Edition. That's right, it's the... The literary folks. It's the Trevors and Bens. Oh episode. God, man! Like that, we can't take that back. Don't don't throw that shit out there. No, because like, well, <laughs> the last one we did was like Lost City of Z, I think. And oh so, God! Like, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that'll be our thing. We'll do. Well, like, you and the, I need to uh, review a Judd Apatow like dumb bro comedy. Oh God! Point, we right? do need to do that. We can do the, we can do the artist. That's that's Judd Apatow. That's happening. Oh, disaster artist. Yeah, that's true. That's he, true. I think he's just a producer on it. Right. Yeah, I think it's mostly a James Franco joint. Yeah, yeah I think that's he's sort of the artier. Yeah, yeah, he's the artier side of the uh, the group. He's the he's the you know art school kid who still smokes pot with all the cool kids. You know, like I mean, his <laughs> brand of comedy is just like, do you want something that like. It seems like it's coming from a smart place, but it's not actually like. Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm curious about that with uh, with disaster artist, but we'll get there. We'll get there probably next week. Uh, yeah. Probably but first up, we're going to be talking about Lady Bird. Uh, the actually, we can we could talk about this if we want, but it is technically the most well reviewed movie in Rotten Tomatoes history. So that means it's the best movie in history. It's the best movie ever made. Argument um, over. Thank you and good night. <laughs> uh, math proved it, mm-hmm. everyone. So can't argue. Um, no, of course not. But it is, of course, a very well reviewed movie. Uh, and uh, a movie, at least I know, I love. But we'll see about Trevor. So we'll get there. But first, big, big old, biggest trailer, biggest goddamn trailer of all time. <laughs> Literally, it's like apparently the most watched trailer of all time, and not shocking because it is Avengers: Infinity War, da, 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 da. the third trailer. Which someone pointed out to me, just to prove how big this is, that it is a culmination of ten franchises. Ten. So 10 if you count like each individual character and i think they also counted like the avengers as his own franchise Um, yeah yeah so it's it's you know you got guardians ant-man doctor strange iron man hulk you know on and on and on like think of how many people got their own movies and they're all in this movie so trevor what'd you think of this big old extravaganza it's a trailer that tells us (laughs) infinity war is happening (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's We've been speculating for a decade or so now, so like I don't know what a trailer could possibly do to. For- Thanos looks good. They got his CGI working pretty well. It's like he looks kind of different than he did in Guardians. That's yeah. I've heard uh, I've heard some Homer Simpson comparisons. Which oh, is dude, he's got kind of a he's got kind of a bulge, doesn't he? Yeah. He's or, got kind of a he's got kind of he's got a very full head. face. Yeah, but he's got a very expressive face. And after Steppenwolf and Justice League, which I don't think you saw. Uh, no, the, no, I didn't. The not. villain, the villain in Justice League is just a big gloopy CGI, clearly no mocap, no expression, and here's like a character with expression this is invested. It's, like, yeah. it's Josh yeah. Brolin. Yeah. So, um, uh, I mean, I guess the thing with this trailer is, it's crazy to me to look back just five years ago at the Avengers and before that movie coming out, being like how could this possibly work mm-hmm. you know because it was nothing like it now in that in that 
when that movie was coming out of like all oh, these movies said they're going to come together and they did like how many movies like you know famously there was one nightmare on elm street movie no no one uh friday the 13th movie that was like next movie guys freddy versus jason and then it didn't happen for another decade <laughs> it had nothing yeah, to do right. with those other movies you know um but here we and, are and yet you know it's like could they pull it off and now looking back after this trailer it's like wow Avengers looks like a school play in comparison. It's like <laughs> I keep reading so headlines. I don't understand why people are like ah, Marvel's biggest gamble yet. Like it's still being characterized as risky when they've done all this work for no. it. Like, I don't feel like there's going to be any. This is this is the grand slam walking through the like you know strolling. And that's the in. thing is like the trailer doesn't tell us what it's about other than the end of the world. Really, <laughs> like, every other Marvel movie that has a yeah, big, I was, bad I was guy hoping climax. to get some. Some of our respective uh, comic book fans, like uh, like Jack or Peter, on to talk about the uh, the whole Infinity Gauntlet storyline, which mm-hmm. is, this is based on. Um, I, all I know is famously Thanos destroyed half the universe in that. Yeah, I kind of don't think that's going to happen. Maybe like a Iron Man or a Captain America might die, but maybe not like a, the whole universe. I love this. They're like, get get this man a shield. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a pretty. Well, that- it's pretty cheap, pretty pretty hammy trailer. <laughs> oh yes, I I think it's 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 interesting yeah to compare because it is you get to just it's the Harry Potter part two. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you did all that, so here's just a giant bunch of characters you like fighting. Here's know? the battle. This is the battle movie. Yeah, I um and Thanos has the uh, just the voiceover and everything. It's so it, they're going full epic. Like that's just what it is so far, and that's pretty much you know what. I guess our expectations have been this whole time, so I don't know how this trailer changes them at all, really. It's like just kind of what I expected. Yeah, I think it's all just building up to like... Like I'm sure we'll get another one, don't you think? Or no? Yeah, so so the way it's supposed to work is that they're going to have Avengers Infinity War. It was supposed to be Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2, then they changed it to just Infinity War for this movie. So i think because there's two movies in between those movies so it would be weird to be like part one and let's see what ant-man's up to <laughs> you know like so there's there's this and then i think there's an ant-man movie and the captain marvel and then avengers 2 so um or so four, rather um, uh correct me if i'm wrong ben you still have not seen ultron right i have not seen ultron all right we'll watch ultron because so that apparently whole, the villain in Ultron is in Black Panther, so I should watch it anyways for that. Oh, it builds up Andy. Black Panther? Because isn't Andy Serkis in uh, Ultron? And then his character is now back in Black Panther. Oh, I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ultron was like very forgettable to me. Um, yeah, but no. like I can't imagine your reaction to like if you didn't know the infinity war was gonna be a thing because we've known it for like years and like when i went to go see um thor with my girlfriend and the big purple spaceship comes up at the end that i think kind of looks like something thanos would own you know like that kind of looks like his style like oh yeah that's probably what what that's about everybody else is just like who saw it with me anyway just like what was that i guess that's what's next like i'm just i don't know i feel like if um You've been like keeping track of it, but the trailer in particular doesn't do anything new for you, except yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's the hype trailer. I don't know. Oh, absolutely, and I think I think they're what I like, and this seems to be interesting, is that they're leading up to it's like there's going to be a bunch of battles with different smaller groups where it's like 
in clearly in like Wakanda, there's Black Panther and Captain America, and uh, I think there was Iron Man's buddy was there, and uh, Falcon was there. I, I paused a picture, and then I think Black Widow was there, and like and some then, like, Black Panther characters we have not met yet. <laughs> we're right. supposed and to be excited like, about already. <laughs> totally, totally. And then there's like uh, 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 in space, there's Thor and his space Vikings and the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then in New York, you got uh, your Spider Man and your Iron Man. Like there are going to be three battle fronts, and we're going to be editing between all of them. And the cl- oh, God, it just sounds like a clusterfuck already. <laughs> right. And then you know what's going to happen is they're all going to come on like some space battlefield at the end. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they're going to have all of them on the... And I think that's the next trailer is going to show a shot of, like, everybody in a line, like, you know, like, fists out or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just going to be this... It's going to... Remember how, like, in Avengers, the famous shot was that circle shot? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. This is just going to be a very... I, I I can just see in my head a very famous uh, pan where they're, or they're just going to pan across all these people, like, mm, and just this huge line of... And they'll just be in a All line these incredible... This yeah. A-list actors ready to fight. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but the, yeah, there's, there's, there, there isn't a story to this movie. It is, <laughs> it is, it is just going to be an experience. I can tell, and that's fine. It's, it's just a film. Like my well, God, I hope they, they did it. There's more to that. Like the most uh, th- emotionally like connective thing that I think was in the trailer was the Scarlet Witch and. Um, um, you know, Mr. Marvel. No, not Mr. Marvel. What's his name? Uh, Vision. Yeah, the Vision. The Vision. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their their moment, their relationship. Which I don't know from what we see in the trailer. I'm like, I feel like we missed something between this movie and Ultron because I thought, or between Civil War because Civil War they kind of like have a big fight that's probably a breakup fight, but then it's just one of those things like, oh, they're back together and like, how much will we? Because that's that's one of my favorite. Um, Marvel things that I've gotten interested in just storyline wise since this whole thing blew up is like I found a, the Vision comic and I was like oh that's that's a pretty cool story that, I like him I, I was gonna mention that that yeah. Vision comic is excellent the current yeah. run of Vision is really really good and I think they're probably gonna be cribbing from that because he's starting to look more like Paul Bettany normal and you could kind of take on some like there's a shot of him in somewhat human form with still like a glowing forehead yeah I wonder if he's gonna die once they take the glowy thing Infinity he seems like stone. a good candidate. He's his, his <laughs> life force is reliant on that's, a stone. Kind of what it looks like's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah you kind of. If you have an infinity stone in your head and someone wants it, you might not live long. Yeah, I just Thanos's over voiceover in this is like, well, I don't know if like fun is something you think about when balancing the universe, but I'm having a good time. <laughs> 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 like, also balance the universe that's his motivation i don't think so i like jack I, i've just held on to like this idea that jack told me about one of thanos's arcs where he's just just killing whole worlds to try and impress a death because he has the hots for like lady death and like i don't think that's gonna happen in this movie but i just wonder right. what his motivation is besides just being a badass conqueror of everything and uh, yeah and and uh there probably isn't going to be a very cosmic solution to the Infinity War like in the original comic. I'm sure it'll just be they have to work together as a team, you know, like mm-hmm. some form of, of, of that, you know. Yeah. I still think we have a lot to do, and I'm not sure how this movie isn't going to be three hours long, mm-hmm. you know, with like all the story arcs they have to get through. But I guess we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I imagine it probably will end with some form of, you know. Thanos being like, I'll be back. I am looking stronger. forward to it. Like, 
if this is just like the better parts of Civil War, then you know I'll I'll be fine with that in terms of um, you know like the action sequences being really fun and everything. But, yeah, and the Russos have sort of, um, and I've been a little critical of them too, been been kind of bland visually. They tend to like to film in um, like concrete structures, you know. <laughs> Notably, the the big battle sequence takes place in Civil War in a uh, boring airport, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> And you could argue, well, it makes the colorful character stand out, but on my hand, it's just sort of like a very uninteresting structure. Space. But this one looks a little you want to more. Go to space. <laughs> yes, it still has that Marvel aesthetic, and I don't think it's going to be. The Avengers always is kind of a. There's a very good video by uh, Kyle Calgren about why the Avengers has to kind of homogenize everything to make mm-hmm. it all fit together yeah. because every character has sort of a different philosophy, and you know. Doctor Strange is very Eastern, and so is the Hulk, and, you know, Captain America is very, you know, American, and, uh, you know, um, um, Iron Man is sort of very Anne Randian-ish, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, there's all these sort of philosophies that have to combine. Yeah, I know a... which video you're talking about. I love that video. It's like, it's, they're, 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 um, it's a, it's a... I think he called it postmodern because they're like, there's no one truth. These are all different yeah. ideologies coming together to, like, represent different ideologies and, like... Then they're all aligned in terms of like they all want good over evil. So yeah. yeah. So, but I, I think at least the uh, the visuals are a little more interesting, particularly the Wakanda fight looks. You know, if there's, I'm kind of tired of giant faceless armies, but you know, you gotta you gotta fight some giant faceless armies now. You know what I just watched is the third Mummy movie, The Tomb of the Dragon. Oh, you want to talk mm-hmm. about giant faceless armies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Those terracotta soldiers. Oh my god, it was so awful. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen the third Mummy movie, and I have no plans on it. Oh man, like beer didn't even make it better. Like, <laughs> oof, oof, that's bad. All right, well, I think that's it. I'm sure if you want to hear more about Infinity War, there's about an 8 trillion YouTube discussion uh, breakdowns and Easter egg trailers. Uh, we just wanted to give our mm-hmm. own little take on it uh, before we talk about Lady Bird. So let's talk about it. Unfortunately, there was not a good synopsis like anywhere on the for Lady Bird because it's a very not we'll say it's we'll we'll open generously and say it's character driven right it's character driven (laughs) yeah that's a good way of putting it for sure so this is one i came up with my apologies is the best i could kind of kind of do so anyways taking place over one year in 2002 in sacramento california christine ladybird mcpherson fights against but is exactly like her wildly loving deeply opinionated and strong-willed mom a nurse working tirelessly to keep her family afloat after ladybird's father loses his job ladybird will also struggle with relationships friendships her future and an ever-changing world written and directed by greta gerwig her uh, directorial debut stars sarah ronan laura metcalf tracy letts lucas hedges and timothy chalamet who's in two of my favorite movies of this year so Good job, Timothy. All right. So, as I mentioned, this film currently has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes with some over 150 reviews last I saw. Might be even more now. So, I'll just ask a simple question. Uh, Trevor, if you were a critic and you were a critic and you were counted on Rotten Tomatoes, you are a critic, but if we were counted on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, would you ruin this perfect score i don't know man like i don't i don't know that anything deserves a perfect critical score um i mean i love the problem it. with the rotten tomatoes is as people pointed out it's you just say whether you liked it or not 
and then Rotten Tomatoes puts that into a general thing. So everybody could technically give Lady Bird like a, eh, it's good. And then it would still mm-hmm. get a hundred, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely lots of rapturous reviews. Don't get me wrong there, but uh, but uh, yes. So I guess the basic question is, just did you like it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I mean, it was just so fucking fun. And I mean, the reason I went, I really wanted to see it was for Laurie Metcalf, who I know just from Roseanne. Ooh, yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, but I've always loved her, and this was very much um, her movie. Like, I mean, as I don't know. I've, I've heard some critics say, "Oh, it's Search's movie," and no, it's it's Laurie Metcalf's movie. And I I don't really care to pick one of them, but like <laughs> they're both very strong performances, and um, I I feel like their performance more than anything carries the movie. I've heard like a lot of people say there's not like people because it's character driven. People don't know how to say that, and they just kind of say well, not not a lot happened, but it was good. So I kind of want to talk about that. Um, because at least in a character-driven movie, the 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 plot or the the conflicting forces are whether the character changes or not, and I think she does. I just I think it's a question of like how much she changes. I don't know. I I loved it. Like I love. I think she's very endearing. I I think um the writing is gold. It's very funny, and insightful even. And um I just I had a really good time. Yeah, this is currently vying with uh, Call Me By Your Name, which also stars Timothy Chalamet, as I mentioned, and uh, Dunkirk as my sort of three films that are fighting for my number one spot right now. I kind of need to revisit all three and decide. Plus, there's tons of other movies I could definitely steal out of the spot. Looking at you, Shape of Water, as a Guillermo del Toro stan, I can probably tell you I might love that movie more than most. Um, Oh, yeah. So... And the reason I really, really responded to this movie, on the one hand, I, I, I admit that it is just very exciting that we're starting to get to the point, uh, even though um, Lady Bird is, what, six years older than me, we're starting to get into uh, people growing up in the 2000s, which is when I grew up uh, and went to high school. And so... Oh, There's, you mean her character would be six years her old? Her character, yeah. yeah her character yeah. would be six years old. She was a, she was a senior in 2002. Right. I was a senior in 2008. R- right, so. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're starting to get into that time where I definitely more remember than, you know, I've never really connected to the 80s uh, teen movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as part of it, I also just think they were just in general a little more shallow than we have. And we're in sort of a teen movie revival that i very much enjoyed uh lots of good movies like uh spectacular now and uh, i liked perks of being a wallflower though now it's a little more controversial and then uh, uh was the other one that last year the edge of 17 was really good from last year um and i think this one is the best of the bunch and i think a big part of that is the specificity of the characters and the honesty with which she shows every characters and the way that she even when she has a character that's laughable or funny, it's always very believable and very um, honest. And I think it does something which is almost impossible, which I think is why you make a good point that Larry Madcalf is probably the real secret lead of the movie. Because mm-hmm. it makes a mom who is difficult not be the villain. She yeah. is extremely difficult. She drives you insane. Sometimes you are very much on her side though and lady Bird is very much clearly being the 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 perpetrator in a argument but by the end of it 
it does this weird magic trick where all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm crying because <laughs> out of nowhere it has this beautiful resolution you just don't see coming for the two characters in a very not over-the-top, simple, smart way about the way when you grow up you re-examine your parents. And it really isn't until you've had an experience as an adult that you can just have that ability to go, wow, I guess that's what their life always was. I also am a person who grew up in a town I didn't particularly love and wanted to go to a town with culture. I loved her line where she said, uh, I want to go where writers live out in the woods like Connecticut right. or New Hampshire. Right. Um, and for me, it was like, I want to go where they make the movies in Los Angeles and New York. Uh, and then have gone back home since then and been like, oh, I probably didn't value this place as much as I should have mm-hmm. when I was here. Um, so I can't deny there's a lot that's working for me personally. But what, what does make it more than just a oh this is a lot of my life i also went to catholic high school so there's that as well yeah um, right so um but i think uh, i think the fact that uh, the specificity of the characters and the honesty of the characters and the emotional uh beats it takes in the very very good ending is what makes it so special to me and i want to put it in a little box and not let anyone touch it and say bad things <laughs> um yeah i I can't remember the last time because I, I I don't go out of my way to to see I haven't even seen Perks of Being a Wild Flower this kind of like other movies you're comparing it to that I'm I'm ignorant of I haven't had the opportunity to see those um, but um, so I guess it's been a while since I've seen a movie about a teenager that's um, well just in any case really and like I think it is honest like there's a lot of it that feels very real and. I don't know, um, very mumblecore, like the director's kind of done um, some of that in the past. And yeah, the, she's think, worked with a lot of like Noah Baumbach's and I think she was in... Which is funny Plus because maybe. I've been reading about that and Noah Baumbach, I just realized, is like, oh yeah, he's one of those where like, oh, I'm the only person who knows this, you know, this is my hipster thing is that I, I know who Noah Baumbach is. Like, <laughs> but like I haven't seen... His like the movies that people talk about. I've seen like the Squid and the Whale, and like some. Oh, of that them. you picked well, a good one. That's a good one. That's yeah. probably my favorite Baumbach film. Yeah, and I just have never forgot his name because it was such a strange experience. More than like I, I am passionate about the movie necessarily, but like I I don't know. Um, <laughs> I I guess yeah, I related to her a lot. Um, just as a teenager, I thought she was very relatable for not. Um, you know, for as flawed as she was, I think she was relatable. I think she is unsympathetic at times, but the movie balances it really well. Um, and I just, I don't know. I guess I'm in a weird place, like I was kind of after watching La La Land, in that like I've seen a movie about kind of a thing that I've been thinking about, sort of, which in this case would be like you know, what was adolescence? What was this now that I'm in my late twenties and it's definitely, it's, it's over, right? Like I have an apartment. Adolescence is over at this point, right? Like our, yeah, I think, our generation I think so. is like, you know, in this extended <laughs> adolescence thing, especially, um, like males. I don't know like why necessarily, but that's just like something well, else I'm I like, read a lot too, but I think or, it's particular because we've had a lot of difficulty. I really should, our generation getting work, Mm-hmm. and getting like full careers i don't know i know a lot of my friends who are still working jobs that teenagers work you know and it's not really their fault it's just like a weird time and mm-hmm. uh, i also think 
we have culture that caters extremely to nostalgia. Like there is a Jumanji movie coming out in two weeks, you know, like it is a time, like the next two weeks has uh, Star Wars and Jumanji, Mm. you know, like it is a time to be a child still, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think there is a point where we're also like, I think a lot of people our age, at least ones I've talked to have been like, am I an adult? Cause this is, like my parents that's, had that's like the, a kid by this point. I mean, that's that's the millennial calling card, man. Is like those those are the those are the you know YouTube videos and everything and the how to adult shit. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that's like a hallmark of our generation to the point where this is like you said she would be six years older than her. Uh, or you would be six years older than Ladybird. Like it or have shit got backwards. She would be six years older than we are. Like it yeah. just it makes me feel old a little bit. This movie because. Uh, I guess it's like getting close to what our generation's experience was, but not quite. And so, like, I, the it, it is wrapped up a little too. Like you were talking about, you want to wrap it up and like you know put it in a box so no one can like touch it and say bad things. But <laughs> it is a little too neatly wrapped up at the end for me. I I guess like that's a weird criticism because it's a character based story and she does like change by the end of it, and that's what's important. But like. This is kind of a buildings row man woman buildings row woman film essentially for me and it's just like a really tight very clever very like honest sort of that but it's still a buildings romance like there's like this it, to an extent it feels like the indie version of American graffiti with like that generation a little bit does that make sense yeah, like it's still yeah. a teen movie for me a little bit oh totally and it, it has sort of like a it has a smaller cast in American Graffiti, but it similarly has like characters who live their own lives and don't like. Uh, I thought it was interesting, for example, like Lady Bird never finds out that her uh, her friend uh, has this huge crush on one of the teachers that she never yeah. can, like, deal with, you know. And, or she like, just knows because it's so obvious that they never have to talk about it. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> it's a little painfully <laughs> obvious. Um, and then, uh, and that teacher did not do, do a good job of stopping that. Yeah, <laughs> that was teacher, the other thing. Is like, uh, with the past few months, this looks especially a little bit. Uh, where is this going? Because this could go to a bad place right now. Yeah, yeah no, I was definitely like, please not go here i don't this is a fun like quit whispering in her ear as you movie. give her her test back it's not it's not okay so <laughs> much um and it also has a thing that i've i've heard people criticize boyhood about and possibly will criticize this film about where there's there's not a lot of uh big dramatic moments uh there's sort of interesting scene i really liked where uh lady bird uh kind of vandalizes a nun's car mm-hmm. by adding a bunch of like i just got married to jesus stuff mm-hmm. and then uh the nun is like i know you did that and you're like oh here it comes she's gonna get expelled like two weeks before she can't go to college and then she's like that was hilarious you yeah know? that like, nun was awesome man and then, and then she goes into one of the best speeches of the of the movie which we'll talk about um yeah i gotta talk about that but i could definitely see people being like uh um there isn't like a, like a dramatic conflict in this movie uh, I think there is because this is all about the mom and the daughter and oh, yeah. the sort of push and pull about this is a very interesting film about class, which I thought was very interesting. It's something yeah. you don't see a lot of teen movies, especially the eighties ones. They're all rich because the problems are not about money. Right. They need to be about, you know, teenagers and stuff. It's, it's the Shakespeare thing of like, they're all nobles. So we don't have to worry about common day problems. Right. We worry about the higher loftier problems, you know? Yeah. 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 
And uh, and this is a film very much about the fact that Lady Bird's parents never got ahead in their careers and just ended up living in their starter home for 25 right. years. Right. And uh, sort of the beginning of the Bush era, which will eventually lead to the recession. And obviously like that's looming on the horizon. We know that. And there's sort of that element there of looking back at that time and the disappearance of the middle class. And so I think it was a very interesting film where that is a central conflict is that she wants to go to New York schools, but they're just too expensive. Mm-hmm. And that's a very tough thing to tell your child Yeah, that like, if you're good enough to get into a, a great school in New York, you still can't go because it's a school in New York and that shit's really expensive. Yeah. So what do you think about that class talk in this the sort of issues in this movie? Well, I liked that. And I especially how it's just something that she misses. Like she doesn't get, she gets that it's, I mean, it's part of her journey out of herself and her head to be less selfless and pay more attention to what the other people around her are going through. It's just the big thing that does that for her. And, um, you know, with like her dad being ashamed that she obviously doesn't want him to pull up in front of the school to drop her off in their car because it's a shitty old car and that kind of thing. Like, and she just the, uh, pretends she lives in this fancy house for her rich. She yeah. Wants to get in with this yeah, rich friend, which is like awful and like a stupid teenage thing to do. But then I where I lost it, like is when Laurie met when her and her mom do like, oh, yeah, let's go do our favorite Sunday activity and they go and they look at open houses as if they're going to buy them that they will never be able to afford and i just fucking like i don't know it's i i i i I, it's strange to admit because um i'm a guy and it's supposed to be you know the working title of this movie was mothers and daughters and it does feel like Mm. that but it's more relatable than that i mean i feel like you know when i was a teenager i had kind of a similarly contentious relationship with my mother where we would like you know, have, you know, be rough on the edges and then like, oh, still be able to just, you know, go out and have fun and talk about or do this thing. And then like, you know, we would come back to that same argument, you know, like it it felt very relatable and familiar to me that way. Um, Yeah. Laurie Metcalf was just so good. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying, I'm struggling for like a framework to put this in because it is so like, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I, I this is the thing is like because we brought up boyhood and I was thinking about that and how much I really need to watch it now. But my impression of boyhood is like more realistic and more grounded than this movie. This like yeah, as much as I so. love it afterward, I'm like, oh, I wish I had been I wish teenage life had been like that for me in terms of like how like confident she is and certain about what she wants out of life, even though she doesn't really know how to get it at all. Um, she has like a specific goal and that's like get to New York. Like that's where the answer is going to be for her. And um, right, and there's a. I heard an interesting interview with Greta Gerwig where she said, and maybe this can help you frame the movie. Where she said her idea of the movie came up with the idea of someone um, saying, you know, who grew up in Sacramento, going to a college in New York, and a guy at a party asks her, "Where are you mm-hmm. from?" And she says, uh, "San Francisco." Yeah, and she said she kind of built the entire movie around that point. Um, mm-hmm. And I totally understand that because it is about like being that kind of person who like uh, longs for something better, quote unquote. And then you get to that place and you're like, well, it's kind of the same bullshit in just a different form. You know, mm-hmm. like there's certainly a, a, something I learned as well, you know, eventually. Um, and and so to, to, just to go back, um, I, I, what I love about Laurie Metcalf so much in this movie 
partially is they they do write those fights so well. There's this fantastic moment with their goodwill looking for a prom dress for uh-huh. Lady Bird, yeah. and they're arguing, 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 and in the middle of screaming at each other, they pull out this really cute pink dress, and they go like, "Oh my god, I love it! Isn't it great?" And like they both mm-hmm. like completely switch back to one and are completely friendly with each other. And then she like makes her dress and sews it for her, like this very motherly, uh, honest moment. But they're still gonna fight, and there's still gonna be struggles to come. And the other moment I really, really liked is uh, the teens all get, uh, for Thanksgiving, they all hang out and they all get high and they mm-hmm. show up back at their house and they're mm-hmm. all so clearly high. Mm-hmm. It is terrible job of hiding it. And her mom comes down and there's this really interesting thing where she like laughs it off like, oh, all right, just be safe, you know, kind of thing. And like very clearly like knows what's happening, but just lets it happen and doesn't scream at them. But also mm-hmm. is genuinely kind of sad that she... Did yeah. and spend her last Thanksgiving, right? Instead, uh, she went as got, a senior. Got high with your friends, <laughs> exactly. And it's like I thought about all the times when I was a senior, where I like you know I went out and did my own thing, and I never thought like my parents are probably a little bit mixed, or they're like I'm glad he's becoming an adult and doing his own things, but this is our last year together, kind of right. all together, and yeah. he's not here anymore. Yeah, and and I think that perspective is what I really like. It is an adult writing uh, about being a teenager which again can have its own problems mm-hmm. but i think because she sets it in a certain time place and not now is what i think really helps what why does the setting like what does it do for you because there's this i mean they make multiple references to september 11th and it's like you're talking about with the mm-hmm. bush years setting up for the like the gradual dis- disappearance of the middle class and like stagnation that kind of thing but like is that like how does that relate to being a? T- I mean, one of my favorite moments is when um, you know she's like, "Oh, I sees a guy reading uh, American history at a coffee shop," and is like, "All right, maybe I'll try that." And it's like a leather jacket wearing anarchist, and just says like, <laughs> I, "Yeah, I, I don't really want to participate in our economy. I just uh, I want to." Well, he's all like a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I loved Kyle the anarchist. He was such a jerk, but he was so dead too. on perfect. I did too. It's just yeah. I want to. I just want to barter. Like, just, <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of unsatisfying sex in your life. Oh my so. God, like, what, what a douche! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I have avoided using that as a like as a as a as a as a um, expletive, but like it's too it's too perfect for him. Um, last thing someone wants could possibly want to hear after having sex for the first time right after he lasts for like 10 seconds which yeah. <laughs> is like so like teenager like oh boy he was like so awkward and perfectly mm-hmm. like well oh, damn it <laughs> i guess i bet like how does that setting really bring out like the teenage mm, yeah. angst or whatever because i mean for me she has this line to him where it's like you know it's not it's not all about war you can feel sad about two different kinds of things like yeah, I seem. I remember that at the time too, feeling like you know, um, and interesting that it's a year after because that first year of nine eleven, I remember being just like a daze, you know, of mm-hmm. like what is reality, and I do remember like that weirdness of like, oh, we're going to war in Iraq, like this is happening, yeah, this is actually happening, you know, and and having the CNN footage of the raids all night and stuff like that. Um, so at least I could just relate to that. But your 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 question uh, on on how it relates to being an angst, I think in, in particular, yeah, when you start sort of 
feeling like you can't escape that. And I feel like our generation was the first where you can't just like escape the news. It wasn't just something that just happened, you know, mm-hmm. elsewhere. I feel like in yeah. previous times, like politics and, and war and stuff was the things your parents worried about. Maybe in Vietnam, but maybe like in between Vietnam and, and 9-11, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that was the stuff your parents God, the talked plot about point. over dinner tank, you know. Yeah, the plot point that, oh, I got on the waiting list. She was so happy to get on the waiting list. And the fact that she was like, well, you know, there are probably less people going to school in New York this year because 9-11 just happened, Mom. So maybe I'll get in. But don't worry about me. (laughs) (laughs) It was so just brutally. Yeah, yeah, that was so her. I don't know. I just Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I guess it's just... it. I'm, I'm, I want to get back to like how this like my reaction to this film is kind of like my reaction to La La Land and that like it and I know that's a really strange comparison on the surface but like in terms of me recognizing something about you know like youth and like shit that uh, is like real to me and in that movie but it doesn't help me like it doesn't actually help me have any new thoughts about it or like help me like understand oh yeah that was my teenage years in any way you know but like I'm like I'm watching like this lovable like sassy smart character who's like also aware of her own shortcomings more and more gradually and like I'm like that's just not in the indie person that there might actually be a person like that that might have actually been what being a teenager was like for someone maybe not for me and that's I guess kind of like the more I don't know, depressing part of it for me to think of is that my teenage life wasn't that um, like magical and everything. And my impression of like boyhood, for example, is that it's more honest than this. You know what I mean? Like there's still those touchstones and that shorthand in this movie for for what being a teenager is like the importance of prom to her or, you know, you lose this friend for that. And it's like they're important parts of being a teenager and figuring it out. But they're also I feel like just touchstones and like the our cultural imagination of what being a teenager is that the movie does use is like its vocabulary for talking about a teenager does that make sense and that's just like not the most realistic to me like i don't i don't find it a particularly realistic film as much as i find it like you know um i don't know like it's it's very cute and like the writing is so fucking comical that it's like it it's 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 just such a good comedy like i guess that's yeah. what i'm getting at is like this is what i want out of comedy that it's like you know it has a point yeah. and there are dramatic stakes but like i just think it's primarily a comedy in a way does that make sense but it's not you know no like i totally a stupid I totally comedy. Would, <laughs> like I don't know. no that, i totally would agree that with sense? that it's it's definitely at least a a dramedy or a crama, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, there's there's certainly a ton of comedic elements, and that's what I really appreciate about this movie. And and also call me by your name because call me by your name is like this gay romance in Italy. And do you just say that and you think you know the very mm-hmm. pretentious movie you're gonna watch? <laughs> and the couple are actually like cute and laugh and tease and joke with each other, and it's actually like genuinely not like a solemn. Like there's certainly elements in that movie that are bittersweet but it's not a solemn oh the tyranny of being gay which mm. can get exhausting in movies like that yeah um, you can't make good movies like that but like uh it, it was refreshing to see an alternative and i think it's a similar one where it's like to make a movie post 9-11 that is very comedic is tough because that's a very shitty time to be a teenager mm-hmm. uh 
and a very scary time to be a teenager. Um, and it doesn't. I guess it's just hard for me to relate to that, especially it. because I was. I mean, I was. We're younger. I was ten. Yeah. You know, so I didn't really yeah, I like, 11, yeah. grasp the significance of it. So it was hard for me to relate to that. I guess. Yeah, I think it was just more of like a just the weird experience of how it happened to me and everything. And I think the Iraq War was more the one where I was like, by that time I was like thirteen, and then it was like mm-hmm. weird. Like my country's in war right now. Like that's yeah. the thing that is happening. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh. I I totally agree that it is. It's comedic elements are one of the best uh parts of it. And you're right. It's more like I don't want to call it revisionist because it's not like incorrect about the time period. I will just say when I saw the puka shell necklace that was like so 2002, I was mm-hmm. like, uh, yes. Her <laughs> outfits like are one of the things in particular that I'm like, okay, you're like, <laughs> I just, it's right. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, I, I, it's yeah, no, not no teenager would probably actually jump out of a car <laughs> to end an argument, but that's <laughs> right. a very but funny joke. No. Yeah. And I love that. I just, I think it's, um, it's like being praised as this like elevating, changing the, the the genre of like a youth film in this really realistic way. But I just feel like it's still very heightened reality, especially with like her like, you know, jumping out of the moving car and <laughs> having these like ridiculously well put together outfits every single fucking day. Like, but she's, you know, I mean, she's that kind of person. So that makes sense. And there are people who went to high school like that every day. So I get that. It's just like it's. Um, I don't think it's a flawed film for being that. I just right, like, or like the uh, even I, though it's dead on, perfectly hilarious. It's it's like obviously heightened where like they have the JV coach who becomes the theater oh teacher. Oh god, that that okay. That's that's an that's a good example of what I'm talking about. Yeah, because like that it was a good joke. Oh, ha, the coach is doing theater, and then he starts you know diagramming everyone's blocking like a yeah, fucking, and it goes a little much. Yeah, yeah like and, but I was like. All right, we're still doing the same joke. It's okay, we can stop. But then <laughs> it came. It was still funny whenever uh, she, uh, her best friend, or no, her ex, was like, "You know, you ditched theater. You got the, you got the fucking titular role. You were gonna play the Tempest." She's like, "There is no titular. There is no Tempest. <laughs> it's just something they made up so we can all participate. There is no Tempest." Like, it's just so accurate. My old drama teacher would always have to make every play be about a village because he couldn't not say yeah. no to anybody so mm-hmm. he always had to cast everybody in every in some role so yeah. oh, again another dead on accurate one like if you go to school small enough they can't say no it feels like way too mean mm-hmm. rather than high school um yeah it's uh it it i guess i'm just um like looking for what the like thesis of this movie is like i don't think it's that growing up is hard it seems to be like her journey as a character is that she comes out of herself and learns to like the like the nun kind of has the thesis statement of the movie is like paying attention to people around you and not just yourself which is kind of what you're trying to do as a teenager right the the key line is what it it attention is love mm. that by paying attention it means you do love something and the fact that you recognize so much about sacramento even if it is negative attention it is still in your mind you still kind of care because if you don't care you wouldn't pay attention you know mm-hmm. in the first place and i think that is a very interesting uh thesis and for me with with the end and why this jumped up to my top because i was just going this is just very charming and very lovely yeah, and a, yeah. a, a enjoyable experience it was that last monologue they put in in the 
the the last tier for me where she has this whole uh and i did start crying <laughs> like it just on the phone when she's talking on the phone and leaving a message yeah or? she she has this whole experience in new york where she goes to a party and she gets drunk and ends up in the hospital uh just because they don't know what to do with her which is again very college of, yeah. Um, yeah uh and she's just wandering around she ends up back in church and you think it might go a little like yeah she's gonna get like jesus or something but it's more just like her no no back to her old i don't think life. anyone thought that ben come on like, i was worried a little bit <laughs> i mean were... i didn't a little bit yeah <laughs> she's like, well because she does Kirby say secretly catholic i don't know <laughs> well it is and that did throw me off at the party where i i thought that line that she had when he's like do you believe in god and he was gonna say no and she was like oh god finally like i'm out i'm out of like right, the bubble right, that right. i've been true. in but She's in California, so like it's not that it's you know it's just more of her school, so that yeah you know it makes sense. But like I, I feel like Which this is what happened to me too. I went to Catholic school not because I'm Catholic, because it's one of the right. best schools to right. go to. Yeah, my uh, I was talking about that with my girlfriend who went to see it with me, and we were talking. I, I just realized she didn't know what Advent is, which I realized I really don't uh. either. I just know that candles are involved in lighting it, but mm-hmm. I've forgotten what the actual ritual means. And she went to an Adventist school for like the same reason. It was just the best school around, and she didn't have any. I she just thinks Ad, she just knows Advent means chocolates. And I'm like, <laughs> I was really hoping they would do the thing where like because they they show them doing Ash Wednesday, but I was yeah. kind of hoping that then they would have a whole ep, whole like bit with everybody with the ashes on their foreheads because that's what I remember being in high school. Like we're all in school studying math, but everyone still has ashes on their foreheads, and it's a very surreal day of school. Yeah, for sure. I. Um, I, I how did you feel about because that's what I was well, let, let, me, con- let me really quick talk about the the yeah. end because I, I got okay. sidetracked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so anyway, she she goes to church and she reminds her of mom, and her mom and her haven't talked, and uh, you know she got these letters from her mom. There's all this stuff that happens. We don't need to go through the whole movie, um, but anyways, they've sort of had this fraught relationship where like they they both probably are at a good reconciliation stage, but haven't talked. So she calls her mom, doesn't get her, and she leaves a voicemail on her phone, and she has this whole monologue about how. Uh, the first time she was driving in Sacramento, how she'd gone down these streets every time, but this was the first time she ever felt like she really knew them because mm. this entire expected when the first time you drive. And I remember that very vividly being the thing that happened to me too, where it's like, I've been down the street a million times, but there's just something about the ability for you to choose to go down that street. And the fact that you could go left or right or, you know, wherever you want to go, uh, if you so wanted, um, really does change your perspective so to me that was the thesis of the movie is is that moment when you become an adult and you do look at your adolescence in the first stages of being an adult of having that freedom and that ability because that's what she had in new york she had total freedom and she had no fucking clue what to do she -hmm. got drunk at a party and wandered around and was trying to look for something right and it reminded her of of the the stability and the solidity and what her mom you know sacrifice to sacramento and what her mom saw in sacramento she chose to live there and why and you know like it wasn't maybe it's money reasons but there's probably other reasons there too and uh yeah um that's that's what elevated to me was that last monologue really created a very interesting theme for the film and sort of recontextualized uh, uh the rest of it for me that's fair that's fair um yeah, it's odd how religion is just kind of this background in the movie. Like it's on, it, it's so prominent in the poster, the fucking crucifix that I just I had no idea. Right. You know, you I I look at I've look, been looking. You at might that guess poster it's like a and, nun movie. Looking yeah, at the poster. I just yeah. well, she says red hair. You know, so like if you see that, you're like no. But it's just I've been looking at that poster for months, and I was like, what is this about? You know, like and it's just I do really like how religion is just like 
I mean, there's that line about, and I love her thing where it's just like, eh, people like use the names the parents just made up for them, but they don't believe in God. Like, it's just like yeah. very, I don't know. It's just her, it's not religious and it's not fake. It's just like what's home to her kind of, you know? And that's, yeah, that's yeah. what, um, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I'm related to that as well. Um, yes, yeah, as an atheist who respects religion, it's always been that's another thing where it's like always interesting when you see that. I think it's why often some of the best religious movies are written by by atheists because it's just similar, sort of. You know, you should write that down somewhere on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the best religious movies are written by atheists um, because often they don't really have like they're more, I guess, um, analytical and less sort of like this is the truth so here's the movie you know what i mean i think maybe too many of them are like you know oh yeah. proselytizing especially now god i love during the um the abortion speech too how she was like i just oh, that... know i wonder where this is going and then the, yeah. everybody else is like you were the gonna be aborted fetus and she's like yeah. yes i was and she's just like uh uh-huh. yeah so that, that was that coming. <laughs> so catholic school i sat through <laughs> so many of those my god man yeah yeah I guess Absolutely. for me, the problem with any teen movie, and I'm not, mm. I'm just reaching because I, I generally did like enjoy this, but like it has gotten so much praise and it is so, sure. you know, that I'm like, I'm, I'm reaching for like, you know, what is the innovation here? What is the, like, and I think it's just, I mean, I, and I don't think it's just representation. Like, I feel like this is, I, I was so glad to like actually see it because I'm like, oh, this is the building's roman, but like about, a woman about a young girl and like i haven't really seen that before especially mm-hmm. a girl and her mother directed by a woman and like i don't want to reduce the film to that but that was probably one of the more important aspects for me because in the in the genre sense of it being a teen movie there's i i i think of adolescence for me in my experience is such a fucking extended process that i guess i just like any sort of like short and this is a short ish film yeah only 90 minutes yeah, yeah very short that like sums up like you know you 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 were an adolescent and now you've come to this like plateau of what at your adolescence is going to be going forward you're like an almost person you know like mm-hmm. like i'm surprised you haven't quoted it yet because i don't know where it originally comes from but i know kevin Shield always used to say in high school you're not yourself you're doing your best impression of yourself <laughs> And mm-hmm. like, yes. it feels like she's gone from that to herself. And it's, it's summed up so well in this like pretentious trying to distinguish who I am from everyone else. I'll give myself my own name to, Hey mom, it's Christine at the end. And that's, that's yeah. the most powerful yeah. point I think in the movie for me is where she uses her given name. She's like, okay, that's over. I don't know who I am now, but I know I don't need to pretend to be this other person. And I think that's the closest yeah, some, the movie comes to like a full character arc for her, you know. And I think, right? And there's like, some, yeah, there's some obvious metaphor stuff where she's painting over, like she she writes on her walls, like the oh yeah, and things right. like that. And there's like a little bit of like a, all right, you know, like it's a little bit of obvious metaphor, but it's, yeah. it's solid, you know. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. I didn't even think about the fact that she she perfectly says her name and not Ladybird. It's yeah, good, it's a good movie detail right there. All right, was there anything else uh, we want to talk about before we uh, move on to scores? I'll just quickly say that Tracy Letts is like the most adorable dad ever. Oh god, I in love this Tim. movie, I loved him. And whenever I his can't believe the guy who writes up. like 
like freaking killer Joe and August Osage County. Like this guy who writes like super heavy, dark, uh, plays and movies is like such a teddy bear. In this oh, movie. he wrote August Osage County. Yes, he did. He did that actor. Huh? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I loved him. I, especially whenever he and his son show up for the same guy and he's just like, or the same Ooh, job yeah. interview. And he's just like, go get him. <laughs> like, yeah. But there's a lot of emotion packed into that moment that's yeah. unsaid yeah and that's another thing i liked which is you know just a neat little multicultural family is not really made a big deal they just have a what appears to be sort of a latino descent son maybe mm-hmm. it's from a different marriage maybe it's an adoption it's not really clear mm-hmm. um and his partner and he's and his partner who like lives with them because her mom basically kicked her out and like that's literally what happened with me and my girlfriend in high school oh, like yeah? her mom and her fought so much she ended up living at my house for like two years wow. and just kind of it was never a big deal like she was moving in she just kind of started living there and stuff you know and, so it was and like another thing that reminded me of Roseanne in this movie <laughs> it also happens oh, yeah. in Roseanne interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah yeah so there are some really good honest moments like that and Laurie Metcalf just really fucking shines I mean I, it's really yeah. worth going to see just for her Shersha Ronan is awesome you know as she always is and it's incredible she's fucking 23 she could pass for like anything <laughs> like she can pass for a teenager yeah, it's she weird. can pass for like you know. yeah it's weird she doesn't have that Jennifer Lawrence thing where when I see Jennifer Lawrence play old I'm always like you baby like you're not mm-hmm. you're not this but I could totally buy Saoirse as like an older it's like, just, not old woman, but, you know, like, in her 30s or something. Yeah, like in uh, Mother, maybe. Oh, yeah, I believe her more in Mother than Jennifer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know, dude. Just to whenever she was, like, yelling at her mom while she was doing the dishes to, like, please talk to me. Just please talk to me. I, I, it was so Ooh, good. It's yeah. just so well written as far as, like, just their relationship goes. It's it's incredibly totally, well written and well done. I totally agree. Well, let's let's score this bad boy and get out of here. Okay. All right. You go first, Trevor. What are you gonna give a ladybird? I'm gonna give it a nine. Yeah. Why is that? I mean, we've talked about it, but you know, sum it up best uh, you can. I just for I don't know. Like, I'm I'm having a lot. I'm having a like a problem with this one. Like, it's just. It's a very it's sometimes when you film, see a film you really love, it's hard to describe why sometimes, you know? Yeah. It's weird. Anyway, sorry. Like, part of me wants to go see it with my mom. Like, I don't know why this didn't come out on Mother's Day instead of, like, the stupid Mother's Day comedy movies that come out instead. Got to win those Oscars. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. You're right. That's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've said all of it. said plenty. Yeah. yeah, I guess I'll just... Uh, also quickly say that i give it a nine as well uh it's definitely one of my favorite films of the year and i think a big part of it is is that it is um and i may even i have to rewatch boyhood but boyhood has cooled a lot for me over the years it's very different i guess i would say that sort of they are though the two interesting ways you can do it which is i i think you brought up a good interesting point in this that i hadn't thought about trevor which is it, it is a little more i don't want to use the word revisionist maybe in like rose rose it's romantic sort of romantic is a great word that's a great word for it yeah it's a romantic view of this time where boyhood is a more somewhat honest view though there is one storyline that is very romantic Mm -hmm. in boyhood and it kind of is one of the big problems of that movie where you're like wait what when did this become this movie (laughs) you know like i mean um, it's a romantic movie in the sense that she is 
one of those people who's like, oh, she is going to be always her own person. She's a very determined individual. She's yes. a romantic individual. So she's very much the spirit of romanticism with her like, a, arty projects and everything, you know? And a very defined character who exists and changes and has a course that it makes sense to her character. Where uh, um, the, the character in Boyhood changes over 12 years. He becomes a completely different person. Because that's what life is like when you grow up. Yeah, um, I really want to go see Boyhood now and like talk to you about it again. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting your actual score thing again. But like, oh, that's I, fine. You brought up the, like, well, we did the romanticism thing. And I, I guess that's like what I'm coming down to is like it's a very, it is sort of a romantic take on being a teenager in a way. Does that yeah, make sense? I, I, would, I would totally agree with that. I think it's a good good term for it um but still real enough that it's like it's got it's yeah. got the pathos there you know like it's it's a weird combination but. well and interestingly greta gerwig has talked and she's like i know everyone thinks i'm like ladybird but i'm not like i was actually yeah. a rule follower and i like was didn't do much in high school and right. i was really kind of boring and like you know so it is like you said more of a romantic view in that sense that this isn't like you would think this like person who came out of nowhere and became like this uh, she hates the word, but she's basically a muse for a lot of these indie directors like Bombach and and other uh, what, what directors. Uh, uh, I was saying she's sort of a muse for certain directors, oh, even though she hates yeah. that word. Mm-hmm. But she definitely kind of is uh, for like the director like, of the film. You mean no, no, yeah, or... Greta Gerwig. She like acts and oh, okay. writes, and yeah. this is her first full directorial debut. But she's mm-hmm. like very especially for noah bombach she was like in francis ha and so like as an adult she's one of those personalities like carrie fisher who's just like hey i'm here (laughs) like like oh totally and and she's very she's not as like uh out there as carrie she's a little more quiet but she's very clearly someone who's got her own artistic voice and stuff and so you could imagine her being a teenager like this but Mm -hmm. she's been like nope i was boring and did follow the rules and was not like this character i'm glad you told me that because that makes me like this a little bit more Right, it's not just her being like, "Look at how cool I was in high school," you know, Um, which could be tough. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think that romanticism combined with the authenticity of clearly, she, I think she was probably around the same age as 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 Lady Bird. Um, So she kind of used both of that to create something that's sort of um, very inventive, and it is that sort of final theme about the way we we relook at our adolescence through. different eyes especially right when you leave and the way you can change and the way you can kind of review your childhood is interesting i agree it's maybe not like um revolutionary i think it's all part of this overall revolution in the teen genre which i would say like mm-hmm. definitely watch other films that this is that this is i don't know if necessarily taking from but it feels like part of the whole um how are you that said i I'm, probably I'm, is my favorite of the bunch so if I were to recommend one, it would probably be this one. Though I would also recommend um, probably the Spectacular. Now is my second of this. What um, when you say like the revolution? Because you've you've uh, given me these examples of these other films I haven't seen. Um, what 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 is the nature of that revolution? I'm just curious. Like how does? Yeah, I think I think about? it's sort of a reaction against the John Hughes style of like the very defined okay tropes yeah. and characters and. Easy A is sort of an interesting bridge where it kind of loves those John Hughes movies, but is trying to do kind of. Its oh, own thing, Easy you know? A is interesting. Yeah, I see. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, I see. And I mean. kind of feel like it was one of the first ones to do that, and they've kind of moved on from them. But it's like mm-hmm. I think A treating uh, teenagers more authentically. I think B sort of D. 
even though this film is you know romantic i think it's nowhere near as romantic as like a a 16 candles you know what i mean of like high school oh know? yeah or um, it is, what was it is one certainly more grounded where i probably the only one other one i've seen recently i'm sorry i know we're trying to wrap this up <laughs> like the mm-hmm. only other one i can see recently of like the kind of the ones you're talking about is um the one where Ellen Page steals the baby. What is it? No, Nebraska or um, something like that. It's not Nebraska. No, it's, it's not uh, Juno. No, 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 no. She steals a baby. She doesn't she have a baby. She baby. steals a baby. She's in it with oh. um, fucking shit. Oh, it's, I uh, think I remember this movie. It, it, it's not Juno. That's just Juno. I'll think of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to Google Ellen, Ellen, Ellen Page steals a baby. <laughs> it's my favorite Google I've done yet. Uh, Tallulah? <laughs> Yeah, Tolula. Tolula. Yeah, that's the uh, only like other thing I can think of a long time, like in terms of like yeah. what maybe you're talking about there, in terms of the new kind of teen movie. I don't know. It's, I, I don't. I unfortunately don't know that film, so I can't uh, uh, speak on it. But it's very possible, and I think there's there's just a lot of. I don't know. I feel like people are sort of reevaluating it. Uh, a lot of the films are now starting women particularly like edge of 17 and uh and uh spectacular now focuses on women where i think most of those typically focus on guys or groups and uh yeah i just think i just think it's just um i don't know maybe the mumblecore aesthetic you know filtering into the teen movie aesthetic you mm-hmm. know, best way i can describe it where it's like what if we just treat teenagers more as just like and maybe even like a richard linkletter aesthetic too of just like more conversational and more like character driven and not as much plot focused and usually they take place over like a year or something and mm-hmm. like it's not like you know i need to do this one you know breakfast club is very like old school like uh uh whether you like it or not it's like a very classic three act five characters stuck in a room high concept premise you know um and these tend to not have that they tend to just be sort of like these you know stories that evolve over the the course of the film and kind of touch on all kinds of things and, and don't really have a pitch to say, you know, an elevator mm-hmm. pitch. Yeah. That's the best way I can kind of describe it. I'm sure there'll be a, a great book that someone will write and they'll coin a phrase for this genre and it'll be used across the board, but I don't have one yet. So <laughs> mumblecore teen movies is the best I can say right mm-hmm. now, I guess. Um, Grumblecore. <laughs> Grumblecore. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> Alright, I think that's perfect way to end. Alright, that has been the Movie Gang Podcast. We give Lady Bird a 9 out of 10. So definitely go check it out if you get a chance. It's now in a wide release, finally. It's been kind of slowly expanding, so hopefully it should be showing in your local theater. But I know it's, theaters can be annoying sometimes, but... Check it out now before they all go to Star Wars, because soon mm-hmm. that's all they'll be showing in any theater in the world. Um, but hey, I'm still excited for Star Wars, but uh, yeah. check this out when you get a chance. I need to get my uh, tickets. Shit. Ooh, yeah, you, you do. You be sold <laughs> so out for the screwed. weekend by now. <laughs> all right, for the Movie Game Podcast, this has been Trevor Flynn. Good night, everybody. And I have been your host, Ben Haworth, next week. I think we'll be talking about the disaster artist or we might do an evergreen we'll let you you'll find out you'll 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 figure it out as always you can check out all of our shows at tuscanshed.com we have geek space nine uh live long and discover animania feast for bros and many more to come including pen and paper pod which is our uh <laughs> i don't know what uh but uh what uh trevor's trying to 
I'm roboting. Uh, showing you that I, I lost you. Oh, you lost there. me. Okay. But it's fine. All right. I thought we had a robot podcast, and that's what you were like trying to remind me. Not about, yet. We might. Like, we might. When the sh- machines yes. take over, we'll probably have, have <laughs> a robot podcast for representation purposes. Mm, this is true. We need to we need to appease our AI masters yeah. as quickly as possible. Mm, All right, for the Movie Gang podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you later.